Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 26th of October. The mother of Cleo Smith has made an emotional plea for her daughter's kidnappers to bring her home. As investigations continue, detectives admit there are still no suspects 11 days after the four-year-old vanished from the family's tent at a remote campsite in WA. Police say they're not giving up hope of finding out what's happened to Cleo. Ellie Smith telling Channel 7 she just wants her daughter her back. Just bring her home. She she's everything that everything to us. And she belongs at home with her family. More businesses will be able to reopen by the end of this week across Victoria, including gyms, retail and entertainment, as the state edges closer to the 80% vaccine target. It comes as schools across Melbourne have been asked to postpone next Monday's Pupil Free Day, with the majority of school students only just returning to the classrooms for the first time in months. Confusion is continuing to mount over when the unvaccinated tennis players will be allowed to compete at the Australian Open. The federal and Victorian governments are currently in discussions with Tennis Australia with a leaked email yesterday suggesting unvaccinated players would be allowed to compete after doing two weeks quarantine. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews telling the ABC the decision about international borders ultimately lies with the federal government. All the people who are watching the tennis at the Australian Open, they're going to be double vaxxed. All the people that work there are going to be double double vaxxed. Stands to reason that if you want to get into the country to be part of that tournament, yes. then you should be double vaxxed, double vaxxed as well. Queensland is becoming increasingly a divided state, with vaccine rates in regional areas dropping well below those in the city. In the regional town of Sherberg, only 25% of the eligible population are fully vaccinated. Deputy Queensland Premier Stephen Miles is warning residents there is only five days to get the first dose to make sure people are fully vaccinated before Queensland reopens. But we're very much focused on our race to get vaccinated by the 17th of December. And uh, I can advise that we are now statewide. 74.05% of Queenslanders have had their first dose and 60.41% have had uh, their second Meantime, there are reports almost 130 Queensland police staff have been suspended for not following vaccine mandates, while 200 have been granted exemptions. Several officers are legally challenging the mandate with one matter before the Supreme Court. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Queensland and the Gold Coast is breathing a sigh of relief after fears a man with COVID tried to escape hospital. As David Shiraz reports from Brisbane, it's now been confirmed the man in his 30s left his room but didn't actually leave the hospital. Good morning, Tash. That's right. He had sparked concern after being found outside his isolation room, but it's now confirmed he didn't actually leave the infectious diseases ward. Police were called, but the matter was resolved quickly and they aren't investigating any further. Meantime, police say they will check every car into the border following a man trying to get into the Sunshine State twice in one day. The 33-year-old is accused of speeding through a police checkpoint at Gundawindi at the weekend before he crashed his car and was sent back across the border. He was later called 
escort trying to hitchhike back into the state later that day. It comes as the state is hoping to clock five days in a row without any local transmission. And to New South Wales, the former Deputy Premier has fronted an ICAC inquiry into Gladys Berejiklian. John Barillaro says her secret relationship with disgraced MP Daryl Maguire was a conflict of interest that should have been disclosed. The inquiry is looking at whether the former New South Wales Premier breached public trust during her relationship with the ex-Wagga Wagga MP. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. John Barillaro has appeared as a witness at the the ICAC inquiry admitting if colleagues had known about the relationship between Gladys Berejiklian and Daryl Maguire, it would have changed the course of funding decisions. He told the hearing he's seen many MPs declare conflicts of interest for far less than someone they're dating. He also spoke about what Mr Maguire was like in advocating for projects in his electorate. He was very, very strong and uh, someone that really didn't um, let go. Daryl himself is due to face the inquiry tomorrow, while Gladys Berejiklian has been called on Thursday and Friday. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. A major telecommunications deal has been done between Telstra and the federal government. What's behind this? Tash, good morning. That's right. Telstra is buying the assets of a business called Digicel Pacific that to provide telecommunications a whole lot of Pacific islands. And while it's Telstra's deal, the government's tipping in the best part of three quarters of the money. It's largely, and this is, by the way, a $2 billion deal, it's largely a story of geopolitics. In this case, China apparently was interested in the assets, and there was some concern among some in the government that obviously if China owned the infrastructure, they could possibly listen to the calls, and it could be a national security or a regional security threat. So the government ponying up $1.3 billion, Telstra tipping in the other $300 million, and now it owns a telecommunications network in the Pacific. Gosh, and now this is interesting, Scott. Uh, buy now, pay later races for market share ahead of changes to what retailers can now charge or will charge customers for using it. Yeah, so retailers can now start, to, will, will be able to soon start charging customers for using buy now, pay later. Up until now, Afterpay and its ilk have put a deal, a line in the contract that says if you use Afterpay for your customers, you can't charge them for it. Now, we all know we've been paying credit card surcharges now for years. That that clause will be removed by the RBA in due course. And when it does, retailers from every, every retailer offering buy now, pay later can, if they want to, start charging a surcharge. And we don't yet know how that'll impact the business of these buy now, pay later providers. So they are desperately scrambling for market share, trying to get as many retailers locked up as quickly as they possibly can. And childcare is the latest one on the hook. ZipPay or Zipco is the business that's going to be providing buy now, pay later services for those childcare centers linked to explore education. Not a name many people will be familiar with, but once one domino goes, you'll be pretty sure you'll be off and buying our pay later next year for childcare services. And Tesla's market cap briefly hits one trillion US dollars as Hertz places an order for one hundred thousand vehicles. It is phenomenal, isn't it? The share price, almost $1,000 per share. And as you say, hitting a market cap, which is just the value of all those shares added up, of almost a trillion, or over a trillion US dollars for a little bit, ducked down below that this morning. Uh, but yeah, just a, a remarkable story. And the rise and rise of Tesla continues. When someone like Hertz wants to buy 100,000 cars, you know, EVs are here to stay. And Hertz obviously believe the infrastructure is there to allow their customers to use it. And that's a really big milestone. And that's, I think, why the market's so excited about this one. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. We'll chat to you later in the week. 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett England has received a major boost ahead of the Ashes this summer. Yes, good morning, Tash. Ben Stokes has been added to the English squad and he sent an ominous warning to Australia, I'm ready. In 2019, we remember he single-handedly won the third test with that unbeaten 135. He took time out earlier this year to deal with uh, mental health issues and had two lots of surgery to repair a broken finger. Josh Hazelwood was one of the bowlers who faced Stokes on that infamous day. Hevo was focused on the T20 World Cup and their next match against Sri Lanka on Friday night. It's just about thinking, thinking on your feet as well and preparing for every situation and then, you know, working out what's best as not only myself but as a bowling group and, and putting that into practice. So there's certainly a place for, you know, your line and length and then there's there's certainly times where it, where it doesn't work. And the one result last night, Tash, Afghanistan thrashing Scotland by 130 runs. And this is interesting, Brett, in light of what's going on with the Australian Open and all the ongoing speculation there, the NRL won't be giving clubs the power to sack players for refusing to be vaccinated. Yeah, now this is the power that some clubs we read would like to have, uh, given that, you know, we could have issues with border restrictions next year and perhaps testing for players who haven't been vaccinated. And, and that's going to take up a lot of, uh, you know, manpower and, and time for these clubs. So they, some of them, would like a blanket rule just to terminate a player's contract if they refuse to be vaccinated. Now, that's one of the options on the table for AFL clubs, along f- uh, first off, though, uh, education. And then if it uh, goes down the path and they still refuse, to be vaccinated then by mutual consent they can terminate a player's contract at this stage though the NRL will not be doing that and neither will they have a mandate uh, a blanket rule that you need to be double vaccinated before the season starts here is the ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandis. We've got to stay united as a rugby league family, I don't want a situation where there's us and them you know, we've got to be together and I'm just hoping the hysteria in the community about vaccinated and unvaccinated people doesn't come into the rugby league world. So he set a target of 95%. The Broncos are lagging behind, as is Queensland, if you look at the, the national picture in terms of uh, vaccination. So be interesting to see if they can get to that mark without actually mandating uh, for their athletes to be vaccinated. Certainly will be very interesting to watch, Brett. And another big crowd is expected in Sydney to watch the Matildas face Brazil again tonight. Yeah, we had 15,000 on the weekend at uh, Parramatta's Combank Stadium, and I reckon we'll get close to that again tonight. They beat Brazil 3-1, so this is the uh, return bout. Uh, their defence looked a little bit shaky at times. Uh, there was probably some opportunities there for Brazil to score more goals, but they managed to keep them out. Tony Gustafsson uh, was off to a rocky start uh, and his tenure as manager. He, uh, tonight, is looking for back-to-back wins for the first time. Brazil rotated a lot of plays in that first game. They're rebuilding. Were there some good things in our performance? Yes. But I also think there were some some areas when we were vulnerable, we got dispossessed in some bad areas and their transition game could really hurt us. We could have cuffed a couple of goals there. We looked into that. So turnovers in the middle of the pitch is the big area that uh, he is looking to improve tonight, Tash. Thanks so much, Brad. And one very special five-year-old is making headlines right around the world after he was signed up to UK football club Arsenal. Zayn Ali Salman is the youngest ever player to be recruited to the Arsenal pre-academy and videos of him training are going viral online. Talent scout at Arsenal FC, Stephen Dean, said Zayn runs rings around players twice his age. This kid is he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing. The way he's striking the ball... Um, it, it, it just looked too sharp for someone that age. So um, I called I called my, my, my friend and he just said, look, he's four. I said, no way, he's not. He can't be. He can't be in nursery. 
and that audio thanks to the BBC. And if you want to check out the video, it is incredible. You can head over to the Australia Today Instagram page. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.